wife go? That way. Is that her being mugged by all the kids? Hey, that was a good job, huh? One more for the kids. They really sang. That was awesome. I just want to—I just want to bend your ear for a just short, real quick hour and a half. No, I'm just kidding. Just like 10, 15 minutes. And uh, but I do—I lo love to see the panic on people's faces when I say that. So I just can't stop saying it. Uh, but anyway, uh, just a couple things just before I jump in. One, we are doing our Christmas Eve service on uh, December 24th. That's still Christmas Eve, right? It doesn't. Anyway, six o'clock. And so, if you want to join us for that, we'd love to do it. We're going to just celebrate some carols and Jesus and kick that Christmas day off right. So if you're free to, to next Monday evening, we'd love to see you for that. Also, the youth are doing a, uh, they're working at the soup kitchen this Friday. So if you're, if your teenagers, your students haven't told you yet, now you know. So there you go. Anyway, can I pray? Father, you're so good. And uh, I really don't get your goodness, to be honest with you. I don't know why you're so loving toward us and so generous and so kind. And I know as I talk about Jesus this morning that some people in this room are probably struggling with the fact that you are good. And they may not believe it based on how they believe and feel about themselves. So I pray that you would help us to love on people well today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I just want to go real quick here and just want to ask you a question based on what the kids talked about, about having their epiphany. And I want to ask you, have you had yours yet? Have you had your light bulb moment when it comes to Jesus Christ, God the Father? Are you in a place that you can deal with that or even think about that today? As we come into a holiday season, it's a great time to really reevaluate what we think about God and where we are in our thoughts about God. And so I wanted to talk about why Jesus came for just a second. I want to predicate it on this, this idea. Have you had your light bulb moment? Have the lights come on for you in regard to Jesus Christ? Or I was at a stage in my life for a number of years where I kind of held that at bay. Where like, I just don't have time to think about that. And if you're there, I get that, but I'm going to try and break into that a little bit if I could, okay? So let me read you this, this verse out of Philippians. It says, uh, talking about Jesus, says, Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared, and when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I love that text, and that really captures it. Yeah, that's right. That's what Jesus did. That really captures what happened. God came to earth and became a human, be human being. That is a mind blower right there. That's, we call it the incarnation in theology, but it's just the reality that this infinite being who's beyond your wildest imagination, who's larger than anything you could reach for, decided to become, pour himself into human form and be one of us. And that's awesome. And so I wanted to, to ask that question, so why did he do it? Why would Jesus, whose God had it made in the shade, why would he come and even mess with us? And there are three reasons I'd like to point to, or three thoughts I'd like to talk about. One is this. Jesus came to show us what God was really like. You see, I think that's a really challenging way to think about it, because a lot of us have this idea of what God's like, 
that's challenging for us. Some of us see God as like this harsh parent. Some of us see God as father and we think of our own earthly father. And maybe your earthly father was absent or abusive or those kind of things and we kind of look at God that way. And so I just want to tell you that when Jesus came, he came to tell us what God was really like. And maybe you've read the Bible. Maybe you've been to church. Maybe you've been to churches that were kind of uh, a little harsh. They're, they're out there. And you get this idea of God like he's out to get you. If you don't do it right, he, do it right he's going to wreck you. Well, Jesus came to show us what God was really like. And, and I know you can read the Old Testament and kind of come back with this view of God like, dude, he's tough. Then Jesus comes and he says, I'm, I mean, the Father and I am one. I, I'm showing you what the Father's like. This is how God loves you. By the way, if God didn't love us, there would be no Old Testament. If you really thought about it. If you really were an absent father, there would be no God continually reaching out to anybody in the Old Testament. So that's why the, the message of Jesus is so consistent with the Old Testament story of the Father. And so Jesus came and he showed us that God's like that. And I just want to say to you, God's not angry with you. Jesus took all the anger that God had towards sin and he took it on himself. He's not angry with you. He doesn't have to be angry with you anymore because of what Jesus did. In fact, Jesus became everything that's wrong with us so God could make us everything that's right in him. Amen. And so Jesus came to show us how much God loves you. And I, I tell you what, there's a doctrine we talk about a lot in church called repentance. And this week I've been really struggling with the reality or, or just trying to word the reality and into this realization repentance is releasing things that are no good for me and that are lies about me and receiving what is true for me and what God has done for me repentance is releasing and receiving so Jesus came to show us what God was like the Bible says this in Luke chapter 4 the spirit of the Lord is upon me this is Jesus word about what he came to do he said the spirit of the Lord is on me for he anointed me to bring the good news to the poor he sent me to proclaim that captives will be released that the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free and that the time of the Lord's favor had come that's cool. That's Jesus' ministry. That's what he came to do. He came to say, hey, God loves you. Hey, God likes you. Hey, God wants to hang out with you. Like, I don't know if God hangs out. He does. He does. I had a friend post on Facebook last night. <laughs> it blew my mind. And I, sometimes I have a hard time keeping my mouth shut. I know that's hard for you to believe, right? And they post on there, I just wish God would come into my living room and sit down and tell me what he wants me to do. And I'm sitting there going, he does that. He does. I know you're sitting there going, he's crazy. No. God's real. God's real. And if you're struggling with that reality of who he is and you're struggling hearing his voice, then that's a, that is a call and a warning to come closer to who God is, not to run away from who you think God is. Our views about God tell us more about our beliefs about ourselves than they do about our beliefs about God. We hold God at a distance because we hold ourselves at a distance. We feel like God judges us because we judge ourselves, because we feel like we come short. Well, I'm just here to say Jesus came to show us that how God really feels about us. He also came to show us what God thinks you're worth. I think that's a profound thought. God thinks you're worth something. Now, you're, I'm probably dealing with this room. I mean, everybody in this room has issues, right? Well, I mean, I know you'd like to unsubscribe from your issues, but I mean, we've all got our issues. 
And a lot of us are very insecure in who we are as people. We feel very, very, like we don't even fit in the world. We don't feel very comfortable in our own skin even. And a lot of times that's because we are ashamed. We are living under guilt and shame. Guilt over the things that we've done and shame over who we think we are. Those, that's the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is connected to actions. Shame is connected to identity. That's why God came to give us a new identity through Jesus Christ so he could erase our guilt in the actions that flow out of that identity. So Jesus came to show us what we really think we're worth, what God really thinks we're worth. So here, think about this, man. If I could borrow your mind just for a second. God, I mean, infinite, nothing is beyond his reach, all-powerful, comes to earth? I mean, really, do you think earth compared to heaven might like be a bad neighborhood or the slums or something? He comes to earth, becomes one of us, fits in eternity into a moment, lives among us for 33 and a half years, dies on a cross. I bet every parent in this room would not hesitate to lay down your life for your child. I bet their behavior how good they, or bad they were, the cleanliness of their room, how they dressed or how much often they brushed their teeth would have no relevance whatsoever when it came to that moment of laying a life down for a child. You would do that regardless of their behavior. Why? Because you know they're worth everything. They're worth the future. Your heart is in them. They're worth everything to you regardless of what they think about themselves. So God sends his son and says, hey, this is what I think about you. You're worth me laying down all of eternity, all my power, everything, dying on a cross, being rejected by everybody. You're worth that to me. That's what God thinks you're worth. He thinks you're worth dying for. That's what Jesus came to show us. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 1, see how very much our Father loves us. Would you say our Father with me? Our Father. See how very much our Father loves us. I don't know what your earthly dad was like, but he was nothing like your heavenly father. Our father loves us for he calls us. He calls us. I know and you're like, why does he keep repeating that? Because I want you to hear it. He calls us his children. You don't have to earn it. You can't earn it. No matter how good you are today, you won't get to the, day and go, the end of the day and go, hey, today I actually feel worthy to be God's kid. That's never going to happen. You are God's kid, not because of your actions, but because of his love. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. If we could just start agreeing with that statement. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that, that don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. If I could jump to 1 Peter 1.18, it says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors, and it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. That's what you're worth. That's what you're worth. And the last thing God came to show us was the way home. Jesus came to show us the way home. I love the idea of home. Don't you love the idea of home? Man, just going home. How many of you guys, like, that? you've hit, hit that stage in life where really people are like, hey, let's go out and have fun, and you're like, ah, I want to go home. <laughs> I would like to go home. I'm really missing my pajamas right now. And my remote control and I, we have a relationship that's very special. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. 
if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I'm going. I love Thomas. He jumps up and says, no, we don't. <laughs> we don't know, Lord. We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? If Pause. <laughs> I love the disciples' honesty. They just look at Jesus all the time and like, we don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but you're the Lord, so we'll roll with it, you know. It's a great way to live your Christian life. Okay? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm just going to believe it. Jesus told him. So this was an answer to Thomas' complaint, is what I'm trying to point out. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way home. I know that, I know that depending on your background, your story, you know, maybe you've heard Jesus loves you and you're like, but my life doesn't look that way. And maybe you've heard that God loves you and you're like, but he has allowed things in my life that, that shouldn't have been there. And, and I've heard the argument before, if there really was a God, he wouldn't have let this happen. And, and I just want to say that's really not a good argument. To use the fact that bad things happened and, and to prove that there's no God in your mind, it, it dismisses the fact that there are so many good things that have happened. It completely avoids the goodness and embraces only the badness. We live in a fallen world. We're the ones who told God to get out. We are the ones who evicted God, not him. In fact, ever since we said get out through Adam's act in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3, he has been working and pressing and loving his way back in. Never overcoming or violating your choices, and yet loving you through all of them. Supporting you through all of them. He's a, he's a good father. The way home starts today. You see, <laughs> I, we used to say a lot when I was a kid, I, I want to go to heaven when I die, but I don't want to get all hurt in the process. And... I just want to say eternity, heaven, starts today. Jesus said eternal life is knowing me. He, he didn't say eternal life was waiting until you die and then poof, you're, you, you're all healed. He said, he said eternal life is knowing me. And that's the invitation of Christmas. God sent his son, and, and that son came to show us the way home, the way back to the Father, the way out of our guilt, out of our shame, out of our unworth, out of all the mistakes we've ever done. I mean, in this room, as many people as are here today, I bet there's a couple mistakes in the house, right? Maybe a few regrets. And Jesus says, hey, I'm the way. I'm the way away from your regrets. I'm the way to release all of that. But you, you got to come to me. There's no other way. You're not going to positive attitude your way out of it. You're not going to self-speak your heart out of it because every person in this room lives in an ongoing conflict. The conflict that their head wants to believe a certain series of facts and their heart denies it. And so we're always fighting with ourselves. And so there are books written about how you can talk to yourself and, and program your self-conscious mind and all kinds of things. And there is some truth to those because the, the Bible says that sometimes the lie looks a lot like the truth. But if you really want to be happy and consistent and really get 
free from all that stuff. You've got to walk out of the darkness and into the light. You've got to walk out of your own strength. You've got to dethrone you from you and put Jesus on that throne. You've got to let it go. Come on, let's be honest. Are you really in charge of your own life? Because if you are, then where you are right now, that's where you got you to. Did that make any sense? Mm. I'm here to tell you that God can take you farther when you put him in the seat. That's why Jesus came, so that he could come, show us what it's like to follow God, lay down his life as a model and example for us all, and then rise again. And I stand in a room full of people that need to be resurrected. Resurrection is coming home, coming alive again. The way to do that is through a guy named Jesus Christ. Would you bow your heads for just a second? I love it when the kids do a drama because they learn so much more about Jesus when they move into the story themselves. But I want you to grasp the story too. I'm going to say something and I want you to agree with it. I can't make you. God loves you. He really loves you. He wants you to come home. This isn't about adopting a new religious lifestyle. This is about entering into the greatest friendship, the greatest family that ever has or will exist. But you've got to get off the throne of your life. And maybe it looks like this, Father, I know I've been running my own life. And I know Jesus Christ died for me on a cross and showed me what it was like to be your kid. And right now I surrender. You're my God. Jesus is my Lord. And the Holy Spirit is my strength, but that's another subject. Father, I pray that you would bless this room. You would walk in these aisles and between these seats, and you would touch people, and I pray that you would give them a connection with you right now, that no one would leave this place in denial that their Father loves them. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together, and I just want to tell you while we sing this last song, off to my right, if you'd like someone to pour into you through prayer, there's going to be some people on my right over here in our prayer room. Pastor Steve? Very simple.